All right. Welcome back to Journey to Higher Consciousness with, uh, let's see, this is episode 23. You just told me mm-hmm. now. I forgot. Okay. 23. <laughs> uh, Dimensions kicking in. Yeah. Jeff Bayless. We're on Instagram. You know the things. We'll link it in the show notes. Uh, so, Dave, uh, always a pleasure talking to you. And I think most people that join, they kind of know where we're going with uh, a lot of this stuff now that maybe they're starting to pick up on the trend and the vibe of how we communicate and how every time we do communicate, we're thinking to ourselves, man, you know, this would be something that could probably benefit someone else. So why not hit record? And so uh, I know that, uh, you know, there's a book out there called The Body Keeps the Score. Please help me with the author's name. Bessel Vanderkolk, Dr. Vanderkolk. Thank you. And you introduced that to me actually through like an Instagram post. You were like, this is one of the best books I've ever read. And I was like, okay, let me check this out. Mm-hmm. Totally, dude, it like coursed through my veins. Like it was just, I had like an emotional experience reading that book. And what I want to do is, you know, uh, maybe pay homage to that. And just go ahead and mention the author and the title and not make this a book report, right? Mm-hmm. Like let's, let's maybe explore some of the ways that the body has kept the score or what that means to us. Right. So that we're not just reiterating or, you know, reciting, uh, you know, Dr. Vanderkolk's uh, work, right. We're giving you some practical applications, maybe by, by uh, means of a anecdotal uh, situation in our lives. Right. Um, so what, what comes up for you first, man? I mean, I've, mm-hmm, I've definitely sure. got three or four things on my brain here. Uh, but let, let's start with you, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll tee us up here. And and first of all, the reason I think that this book is so seminal in so many regards is the timing of it, because um, our understanding of trauma and the symptomology of trauma is very nascent uh, relative to where I think it should be. Now, and a quick harbor cruise on our understanding of trauma. If you go back just 70, 80, 90 years, let's just say World War One, you come back from, from war, you're, you're, uh, you're not acting the same, uh, you, you have various symptoms, um, you are you, otherwise just not right, okay? You're not centered. And what they, they would call that shell shock and because uh, they didn't know what else to call it, the medical community and, and uh, everyone else. And so, so you fast forward uh, through World War II and the Vietnam War, and it wasn't until the 80s or so that the medical community had established a diagnosis of, of post-traumatic stress syndrome. So PT, hmm? post-traumatic stress disorder, excuse me, mm-hmm. PTSD. And it, so like, it was I only like, about three I like that better ago. though. You know, I think we need to take the disorder out of uh, PTSD. I, th- I think, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people at this point would say post-traumatic stress, PTS, PTS syndrome, PTS growth, uh, you know, so good Freudian slip there, man. You know? Like- yeah. That's really interesting. Uh, be, as I, as you helped me to process that I, I automatically just subconsciously had Go tried to, to avoid disorder. disorder. Like, yeah. cause it feels weird calling it a disorder. You have trauma, you have stress, you have a reaction to it. It's not a disorder. That's yeah. what happens, you know? Sure. So it wasn't until the eighties that we started to, to, allow ourselves a, a better understanding of, of what the symptomology of, of extreme stress looks like, let alone chronic stress built up over time. And so I believe, especially after reading Dr. Von der Kolk's book, that, that the society and culture that we live in is much more traumatized than we have can even begin to understand. And so it is, it is incumbent upon us on every individual because just even today, you've probably come across someone who's been highly traumatized, uh, whether they're a veteran or not, and they may or may not know. And this is the thing, this is why, and I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about this right now. The reason it is so important to understand the impact of trauma is because you can live literally your entire life suffering with symptoms of of trauma and PTS, right? Symptoms and not even know it is one of those things. There's two complications for understanding the, the effects of trauma. Number one is it takes away your ability to notice how trauma impacts you. Number one. Okay. And then number, number two is 
<laughs> refer to number one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like that, you know, like that, that's it. it that, I mean, that is so big. Right. You know? And so, um, and number two, it's very subtle, right? So you, you don't know. So my number two was you don't know how you've really been impacted until you heal and until you've gotten better. Mm. And then you're like, Oh my God, like how, how have I lived all my life with these symptoms? Like inability until to, you, until to you sleep and, and hypervigilance, yeah. right? Etc. And you're like, how, Oh my God, I had no idea how good, how much better life could be. It's kind of like anyone that has um, eye problems or nearsightedness, take for example, and then you get LASIK or you get glasses, you get contacts <laughs> and you spent like two, three, four years just squinting at everything. And then you get glasses on and you're like, oh my God, how did I, for all these years go with, you know, and sub 20, and then all of, the, all of a sudden you can see the leaves on the tree. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you're like, the world's so beautiful, you know? Mm -hmm. And the reason it works that way is because your vision doesn't go bad overnight for 99.99% of the people. It's a slow worsening of a condition over time. So therefore, you don't really notice and your brain is conditioned to where it just acclimates to that new normal very quickly. So you don't even notice that things have gotten worse. So, so that's what, how I'd answer your, your question, Jeff, is that I think that the timing is good. And also just the accumulation of, of trauma uh, in our nation and the world um, writ large has accumulated to a point to where we can no longer, it's no longer a tenable option to continue forward without addressing the symptoms and effects of trauma. Uh, otherwise we're just creating a, unsustainable you know planet and environment yeah absolutely i think it takes a lot for us to tune in with that though right so mm -hmm. uh you know you were talking about world war ii veterans vietnam veterans very spot on uh i don't know if we've talked about it on this platform before but that's exactly why the gi bill was created because we didn't have ptsd we had you know just these shell shock veterans that were coming back to a post uh war situation where uh, you know, we had to have some way to indoctrinate these men because it was men. I'm not being sexist. I'm just stating the facts. At the time, the women took up the workforce and men went to war if they were able-bodied, right? And so to indoctrinate them back because we didn't have PTSD, we didn't have, you know, it, therapy was taboo, right? You know, they, we, we were doing like brain shocking people, you know, like electro stimulus and therapy. This was like a form of therapy to shock people with electricity, you know? Uh, so this was a way to indoctrinate uh, veterans back into uh, society. And so you're absolutely 100% correct that that's, you know, kind of how this whole thing came about. And then, you know, I think if you pay attention to your body, which you and I do, because we care about our health. In fact, you know, sometimes when we get like these little small, like minor health scares, we're like, what the hell? Like I work so hard. Like I eat right. I work out. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got all these apps. I've got all the watches. I've got all the rings. I've got all the things. And like, I see this guy over here that smokes a pack of cigarettes and goes through McDonald's and he doesn't have to deal with like whatever this inflammation is in my body. Right. And so, you know, I think it's important to tune in to how things are manifesting in your body. And there's probably a thousand signs that we're ignoring every day as a collective, you know, that, that for me, I'd just love to throw some anecdotal examples out that, you know, like I've learned in therapy as well on top of, or coupled with the book is that, you know, my therapist would ask me, okay, well, well how does that manifest in your body? You know? Okay. So what comes up for you? Well, I'm, I'm thinking about the sexual abuse. Okay. Well, what, what kind of senses are you coming up with? Well, I can smell it. And I don't want to be too graphic, you know, like mm -hmm. that's, that's a little gross, but so the first thing that comes up for me is the odor. Right. And then that sends a shockwave through my body. And then she says, you know, like, well, where is that coming up for you? Well, I grind my teeth. You know, that's the first thing. And I clench my fist and then my chest gets tight. You know, other people it's, um, you know, they get uh, irritable bowel syndrome or, you know, just their stomach gets upset, right? Like maybe they get nauseous, maybe they get sick. Uh, another one that comes up for me with anxiety is like sweating. You know, some people it's like their hands, but for me, it's usually my armpits. Um, and so these are all these ways, like 
if you're really paying attention and not just writing these things off that like, that's normal to grind your teeth when you sleep every night and that it's normal to, you know, have armpit sweats Mm -hmm. when you wake up in the morning and think about what's going to happen to you during the day. These are not normal things that most people have to deal with. Right. Uh, and, and, and well, and to counter that, I mean, a lot of people are dealing with it. They're just dealing with it in different ways. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think, I think that's, kind of just maybe a few anecdotal scenarios for me. I've, I've got a couple of more, but I, I want to kind of just maybe pitch it back to you. Like, so what are, those are like two very different, but uh, heavily impactful symptoms that come up for me in my body that are telling me something else is coming in through my neuro, you know, through my, my neuro system, right? Like not uh, not something that I can exactly control in the moment, mm-hmm. right? I can't just tell my body, stop sweating. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't in my sleep just say, stop grinding your teeth, right? No, I can wear a mouth guard and buy prescription deodorant, but it doesn't fix the root problem, right? So what are some ways that- Wait, uh, do you have prescription deodorant? I have in the past, <laughs> yeah, but it didn't work because it, it was fixing the, it was trying to, it was attempting to fix the mm-hmm. physical problem when there wasn't a physical problem. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, body keeps the score problem, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's emotional manifestation of, you know, something else that's going on in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. What are, what are some ways that you've seen it come up for you? Sure. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I actually haven't thought about this until you just asked the question or at least to this level. So w- when I was in the Navy, so rewind back 13, 14 years or so, uh, w- th- there was a just cornucopia of symptoms that had come up and so much of it had to do with sleep. So you could insomnia was, it was definitely one waking up multiple times during the night. Also um, similar um, restless leg syndrome was, was, was in there. Um, nightmares, uh, night mm. sweats. Mm. Um <laughs> Those last two for me, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just, um, inability to tap into, you know, deep restorative sleep, um, grinding, like I think it's bruxism, I believe grinding the teeth, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, looking back on it, it's just absolutely ridiculous that I was just suffering silently for so long, for so many years, uh, lower back pain also waking up with just lower back pain. And so, um, and, and I, I don't know, it just grinded through it, no pun intended, grinded through it for, for so many years. I mean, you could argue it started even before the Navy, but definitely that the military had exacerbated so much of that. And yeah. so, um, so, so like so many folks, I just threw a bandaid on it with a bunch of, you know, stimulants and caffeine and what have you, you know, just to survive the, the crazy part about it. And, and I know this is sort of a side point to your question is um, like no one um, and this isn't a knock on anyone. I mean, they're everyone's incentivized in certain ways, but, but no one really uh, at least in my orbit at the time had the, had the skill to say, Hey, is everything okay? You know, <laughs> you know, like, right. Because I'd be showing up. I mean, and you could kind of see it over time. It's like, I'm just worn down, worn down and sort of kind of stooping over and just, sort of crawling to the finish line of the day. And, and I remember, well, of course I won't say any names, but my department head, you know, at, towards the later part of my career came up to me, he apologized and he said, Hey man, I just want to apologize. Like I, I knew that you were having a hard time you were hurting, but I, I didn't do what was needed to, as a leader, you know, to, to help you. Mm. And I said, yo man, <laughs> it's all good brother you know it's like we all are doing our best man you, you know and so um and that means a lot to me you know i still remember him i i, I wish i could um kind of go into details but it, it, it's it's interesting because when i think about my military career it's just one or two people that had a disproportionate impact on whether that those good or those bad memories in the military you know so um, you know, sort of a side point, right. In terms of how we can impact people. But I think that what my broader point here, Jeff, is that 
if we can all sort of recalibrate how we respond to the suffering and trials and tribulations of other people um, and have an appreciation for you never really know how you can even with even just one sentence change someone's life or leave a lasting imprint on their life for so many years. Again, it's been, you know, 13, 14 years. And I remember that, that guy, right. And if you were to call me out of the blue and say, Hey, you know, Hey, it's obviously very unlikely, but if he did and it's a, Hey, Hey man, you know, I need a, I need a leg up, bro. You know, dude, I would drop everything for him just because of that one conversation we had, you know? Right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can sense you're getting emotional about that, man. That's good. Like, mm-hmm. again, your body's kind of manifesting through that memory, right? Like, this is what happens. And this time, it's a, it's a good manifestation that's happening in your body, right? It's mm-hmm. a it's a warm feeling that's probably coming over you. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and it, I've heard it maybe on your podcast. It seems like it's come up about half a dozen times now. This idea of celebrating rugged individualism, right? And you know, we're, we're celebrating this rugged individualism, which I was a victim of my entire life. Like, I don't need you. I don't need anybody. I'm a, I'm a bad mofo, you know? Uh, and so when we do that, what we kind of do is ostracize ourselves and we, we make ourselves unapproachable for the warning signs like, Oh, well, that person's probably okay because they're a rugged individual, you know, like, and they blow things off that are actually telltale signs that, not only in their behavior, but to keep it relative to the point here is like, it'll, it'll show in their body, right? Like uh, just a plain example for me would be my weight, right? Like I'm about a, about 180, 185 pounds right now. You know, a good fighting weight for me is about 175 to 185, depending on if I'm doing triathlon or, you know, I've been doing a lot of uh, weights lately. Um, So if somebody sees me drop down to like 145 pounds, mm. w- which happened and nobody said a, a damn thing, David, yeah. you know, and the body was telling me and everyone around me that I was not well, you know, I was mm. anyway, that, that's a whole nother thing, but it's just a great example of, you know, how to push away from celebrating this rugged individualism so that these things that are manifesting in your body can be noticed. And then, uh, you know, maybe you can get the help you need. Right. And, you know, you're talking about sleep too. And I think that's important too, because it's a factor of our body. It's a, it's a facet of, you know, it's an important thing. And then we celebrate that as well. Right. Well, Donald Trump runs on four hours of sleep. Arnold Schwarzenegger only Tiger Woods. Four, yeah. Yeah, four mm-hmm. hours of sleep. Great. Mm-hmm. These guys are one-off people. They are one-off people. And I personally do not want to be Donald Trump. However, you know, <laughs> there's, there's drop the T word, man. You yeah. Done right. <laughs> you done did it every he's, time, man. You, he's not you, the president. You got anymore. that we one thing, you know, that's incendiary. <laughs> okay. You know? Well, let's, let's just, well, we got to keep it spicy too. You know? Let's just say Schwarzenegger. He's Better you than way. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just say Schwarzenegger. Same thing. Or Tiger Woods, another T yeah. word. You know, these people that operate on four hours of sleep. Okay. That's, you know, <laughs> you know, that's, Hey, that's great for them, you know, if it works, but I think history would show that it doesn't really work. Right. And so, you know, what, what happens if you don't get enough sleep? Well, you can get migraines, you know, that's what happens to us in the military. You were talking about, uh, you know, your lack of sleep. And I think sometimes too, it's less of a lack of sleep as it is a lack of a circadian rhythm, your ability to tap into Mm. the deep sleep, right? So you can lay in your bed for 10 hours a day and not get the quality you need because you don't have a circadian rhythm and you're never reaching that REM or deep sleep. Um, Uh, We could do a whole another recording on sleep. Yeah, Yeah. for sure, Mm -hmm. bro. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of takes me to, you know, I I don't know how punchy we want to go with this when we're long winded, but you know, one thing that I definitely want to cover before I get off on, you know, a different flow and maybe the impetus for this idea, uh, bouncing it off some ideas that you had. Uh, I don't want to take, like it wasn't my idea. It's, you know, it's a 50, 50 deal here. But one thing that was coming up for me, maybe in conversation that we were having is the lack of energy I've had due to the emotional uh, trauma that I've experienced in this last weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I don't need to overshare, but I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll I'll hit the wave. But you probably will. Yeah. I always do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I probably will. You're right. You're exactly right. Um, (laughs) 
Well, I want to protect, you know, my kids too, but, you know, I I think it is relative to anybody that's experienced some sort of loss for someone that they love, whether it's a, you know, a death in the family, uh, it's somebody moving far away, which what it was for me, you know, my kids are moving, uh, exactly across the country, like as far away across the country as humanly possible. Right. And, um, it was the right decision. Everything's good like that. It doesn't make it hurt less. You know what I mean? Uh, and so that's kind of where I won't overshare just cause it's not relevant. But the point is my kids who are 11 and 14 moved literally as far away from me as humanly possible while remaining in the United States, I guess Alaska would have been further, but you get the point. Mm-hmm. So Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. That's too. It wasn't thank Hawaii. You. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Well, yeah. <laughs> are we using, you know, we could say Dominican Republic or, right? um, uh, I think you meant Puerto Rico. Yeah. But if the I was there, the yeah, right. If I was there yeah. and they were, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Fiji. Okay. Yeah, New Zealand. Thanks. You know, Antarctica. <laughs> How far do you want to push it? Mars. Thanks. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for nuking this out, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You're one of the few people who could call me out on that and yeah. w- with that specific term for nuking oh, yeah, you it totally out. Totally yeah. nuked that thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, you you went from California to Alaska, and I just went with it. It's like, oh, Hawaii. Yeah, you just right? followed you know the I mean? flow. You went but, there. I was just following the flow. But you got yeah. your protractor out and your yeah, that's calculator. Right. Your protractor <laughs> and the put compass, on the glasses right? that you don't even need to read. You yeah. just put them on just because. <laughs> <laughs> just to look smarter <laughs> that's right that's right um, <laughs> i'm a ti-89 calculator I'm like, yeah, right. mm, let's see here you know. <laughs> allowed during the sats in the 1990s by the way Ooh, interesting that's right yeah because yeah. you could you could record so save. much stuff on yeah, you there could save and just save all the answers list. yep yeah mm-hmm. so anyway um yeah so uh, you know i put the kids in the car and i i came in the the front door and i immediately collapsed into the fetal position for about 30 minutes and just cried like open bald you've heard me cry like this dave you, you know you're one of the few people you know unless they have listened to episode 50 i guess but you know it took a lot out of me the whole weekend took a lot out of me and then monday i had the day off and i was still just emotionally drained and i took i had plenty of time in the rack you know i was had plenty of time to sleep and then tuesday I, I had to come home from work early I laid on the couch and took a nap for like three and a half hours. My run sucked. Like I planned to go get, I had plenty of sleep. I planned to go run for an hour, three miles in. I came and took a nap on the carpet because mm. it yeah. wasn't a lack of sleep. It was, it emotionally drained me. And it, and it, you know, I think as men, we need to say like, that's all right, dude. You know, like you don't need to be a badass right now. You need to just feel what's coming up for you and your body and get the rest you need. So you can come back in the fight stronger, you know, three, four days from now. Right. Rather than making this something that you're avoiding that turns into something worse, right. That, you know, uh, follow on, you know, maybe you make a poor decision, maybe you overcompensate with, you know, drugs or alcohol or sex or shopping or whatever the poor decision is, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, that, I, that was kind of a long winded thing, but it was a good anecdotal story that kind of proves what the book talks about, you know, you, you may not always have a scientific answer for what's going on in your body. You may not be able to prove it uh, via food, sleep, uh, water consumption. You know, it may just be you're emotionally drained because you w- witnessed something traumatic or you went through something really hard. Um, and I think that I know you agree with me. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I've heard you say before, you know, I think it's just, you need to just notice it, right? It's not that you have to really do anything about it. Just give yourself a little bit of grace in those times when you notice a lack of energy. I mean, maybe you do try to get more sleep. Maybe you do try to lay off the booze, which interrupts your sleep. Maybe you do, you know, turn off the screens a little bit so you can kind of tune out a while. These are all things that can help, but the best thing I think you can do is just notice what, what do you yeah. think? I well, said a lot there, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> one, yeah, you're, you're taking over, ma'am. And, and well, it's all I'm good, passionate man. about it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is really good. So, so I, I mean, usually, man, in, in my day job and other places in my, I'm usually carrying the conversation. So when you are, I, I mean, I'm just like, this is good. <laughs> this is a, like a vacation, <laughs> yeah. man. So one of the things that, that's coming up for me, man, is um, this idea that we talked about before offline of hypervigilance, you know, to the extent that you're, okay with sharing about it, right? I mean, you, I think you've shared publicly about how 
passionate you are about firearms and safety and security and, 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 you know, maybe you can talk a little bit if you're open to it, um, how that, how that relates to, you know, your past experiences and how that manifests for you in terms of hypervigilance and the need for physical, physical security, so on and so forth. Yeah. So, uh, I've never felt secure, uh, not even in the military, you know, this, uh, so how it started for me was I grew up in a, in a dangerous neighborhood, you know, my, uh, babysitter was tied up with an extension cord at gunpoint. Our cars were constantly being stolen. Our house was getting broken into. I remember coming home from school one day and my parents were home and I, my parents were like really needed to work. So them taking time off was not a thing. Right. So, you know, I come home and my parents are like, Hey, you need to go to the neighbor's house. And, you know, then my house is left like dusted with prints. Um, and then, you know, I think that just kind of, you know, like it's a great, you know, I didn't even think about why you're asking me that question, but now I understand exactly why you asked me that question because the body keeps the score, right? Because it happens so young in my life, right? All the way up to like, let's say 10 years old until I moved to Ponderosa, right? When at that point, it really wasn't a thing. We could have left our doors unlocked in that neighborhood, right? Yet, mm -hmm here at 40 years old, I have a firearm on my side right now in my house by myself behind a locked door. Right. And, and when I go to bed, I'll set the alarm, you know? Um, and yeah, I think maybe that's something I haven't fully processed yet. I think I'm doing mm -hmm. a lot better on the hypervigilance, but I will tell you when the ice machine drops an ice cube, I mean, I, I definitely make sure that that's what that was. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like it, it's definitely a thought in my mind, like what's the worst possible case scenario? Somebody's breaking in downstairs. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, that, that is another manifestation of how the body, you know, holds on to these things and takes them into your adulthood or into your, you know, into your, uh, and you know, you alluded to this too, just kind of tip the hat back in your direction. You know, you alluded to it too, about when you, you know, if you have PTSD and, um, you know, if you have anxiety and I know what your military career was like, but it isn't just the military career. You, you bring that sea bag or that rucksack with you into mm -hmm. the military and it, it doesn't, you, you haven't learned how to unpack anything. So eventually what happens is your rucksack or your sea bag is overflowing and maybe you have two or three rucksacks and sea bags at this point, because, you know, you carried all that stuff from your childhood of feeling insecure into an environment, which thrives on insecurity, right? This fight or flight uh, mentality, right? And you're not taught flight, you're taught fight. Right. There's no option for mm. flight. And so I think that just kind of compounds the trauma. And then you get to a point where your cup fills over, you know, the cup filleth over. Um, so yeah, I want to, um, I don't know if I really answer your question directly, but that's, yeah, there's a lot of things that's coming up for me right now. I, I think it was important to call out what that experience is like um, and what hypervillage, excuse me, hypervillage. Why is it so hard to Third say? Third time's the charm hypervigilance um, looks like, you know, in your subjective experience. So um, I don't know why I'm doing this. And, and this is probably despite my better judgment, this next thing I'm about to say, um, I actually, I wrote a letter. I won't share too much of the details. Um, it was an 11 page letter that I wrote 10 years ago. And I was describing what I'd gone through in, in, the Navy and the, in, in the military. And um, I'll just kind of read it here. Uh, and, and it's again, as we're talking, I just pulled it up. Right. And um, two paragraphs here. I said, I also became anxious about going to sleep because we were frequently woken, woken up to perform drills or I would be awakened to perform relatively menial tasks, such as checks for a battery charge or to stand watch on the periscope as such sleep became harder and harder to come by. And I was, almost constantly irritable and unfocused. Nonetheless, I continued to work my hardest to qualify for my first major watch, engineering officer of the watch. Despite my progress, I would hear my department heads talk about me being behind closed doors when they thought I wasn't listening. I heard my navigator department head say, if Drew Gleaver wasn't so massively delinquent in his qualifications, we wouldn't have so many problems with manning our watches. He was mm -hmm. the watch, whatever yeah, yeah. dude. You know, the, uh, I knew officer. this was untrue at the time, but I was unwilling to confront him because I just wanted to receive my dolphins, which is the submarine pin, with as little conflict as possible. Um, it, it goes on and on, of course, you know. Um, but th those two paragraphs right there stood out to me because here was this person that was was trying, like, 
I was put into this situation because a myriad of other people before had said I was qualified to be in this environment. Right. So, you know, it's like, and if I'm not, then, you know, whose fault is that really? You know, mm-hmm. and so is it mine, right? So the, the the most unskillful thing to do, and I understand the incentives, right? The most unskillful to, thing to do is to say, oh, it's it's him, right? It's him. He's the problem. We got to fix him. We got to like, you know, just whip him into shape, so on and so forth, right? And so, and, and I get it, man. You're out to sea. You're underwater. You got 135 people to fill 135 billets, essentially, right? You know? So it's like, there's not a lot that you, that you can do. That being said, I mean, that's part of the issue, right? There's no corrective measure for this quandary, you know? So, um, so all that to say is like, look, man, everyone responds to the incentives that that's been given to them. Right. You know, so you, you got a mission to perform. I get it. Right. You know, now I will say I got one asterisk on what I just said in terms of whatever the mission was part of the reason why I made the decision to leave the submarine force is because I was still questioning the value of the, the specific operation that we had done. I'm not saying there wasn't. I'm saying in my personal experience, I was questioning that value. So here I am suffering, right? And taking on the stress and, the, and in my experience, what, what I consider trauma for what? Like, what was the meaning? Mm-hmm. And so this is, this is one of the things I'd like to call out that trauma is a very relative thing. If you have to run into a house to save, you know, your infant, child, family, pet, right? You're, you're going to go through the fire, right? Go through the falling beams, right? Break your body, burn your body. And then you're going to save that loved one. Okay. And because that meant a lot to you to go through that operation and, and go to save some, someone or something that you loved. Look, I'm no trauma expert or whatever, but the meaning has everything to do with whether you perceive that as trauma or not. If that's something that you saw as I, I have no other option but to do this, right? Because this is someone or something that I love it's not going to, it's very likely not going to be traumatic to you, but if you, you cannot feel, contextualize you feel, that, you, you know, feel less it, like the victim, if you made exactly, you don't feel decision. like a meal, you, yeah. you know, it's, it's the, it's a difference between feeling like you're the savior. And that was something that was valuable to you versus, you know, you, you were a victim. And to me, in, in, in my, you know, unexpert view of things, that's the difference between being traumatized and not is the meaning that you can associate with that experience. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think everybody's entitled to their own interpretation as well. Yeah. Just like Mm -hmm. I think everybody's entitled to uh, their volume that they're able to withstand. Right. So, you know, my biggest share on my whole traumatic experience, which really, now that I look back at, it, I'm like, man, that was probably 80% of it. You know, like I was just trying to keep it under two hours. Right. Um, and so, you know, somebody could listen to that and break down crying and just say, Oh my God, like, how did he go through all that and, and survive? Right. Not kill himself. Another person could go through that episode and say, yeah, bro, I got one up on you, you know, well, congratulations, man, your cup's bigger than mine, you know? congratulations, you have a 32 ounce Gatorade. I have a 20 ounce Gatorade bottle to fill up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and when mine hit 20 ounces, that was it. You know, maybe you got a gallon and I got 32. Who cares? This ain't a, this is not a comparison. You know, this is not a, you know, and I did this, Dave, I did it for years. I would say, suck it up, man. Like there was a, there was a guy. I went Sit to food. Yeah. Right. Sit food. Right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Suck at the, up. yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a guy that worked for me that, you know, apparently, you know, he got minorly injured and at the time he got out and he got like PTSD and I was like, whatever, dude, like you're totally scamming the system. But then after I got smart on it, mm-hmm. I was like, oh no, man, like how, am I, who am I to judge? Maybe that one incident somehow correlated to something early in his life that was completely traumatic that I have no idea 
you know, maybe it had something to do with boats, maybe it had something to do with drugs, you know, because that was kind of the operation we were on, right? So maybe, you know, the cocaine and the boat and the weather, like maybe that just sprung something up in him that even though he was mildly injured, it caused him to have, you know, the, you know, and maybe his cup was only 12 ounces, you know, and mine was 32 at the time. And I was like, suck it up, dude. And I'm, you know, I'd love to have that young man stand in front of me so I can apologize to him for something he probably doesn't even know that I, you know, had feelings about. Right. Um, but that also comes with just time and wisdom. And that's why we do this project. Right. So we can kind of help people maybe see that, sure. you know, it's not mm-hmm. so black and white. It's not so left or right. You know, it's not so right or wrong. It's, you know, it's what comes up for you. And if your body is telling you, you know, something ain't right, you need to tune into it because it ain't right. You know, you should not be feeling uh, constant anxiety. You should not feel like you have to Mm. carry a firearm in your own house. (laughs) You know, like I'm at my own house. I gotta have, you know, like this is not normal. It's, I know it's not, you know, um, and so, yeah, the body keeps the score, man. It just constantly reminds us uh, if we're paying attention, right? Mm. How would yeah. somebody how would somebody pay more attention to, you know, maybe this would be a smart thing or I'd love to hear your, I won't even give my, my, uh, my, my, my input. I will just ask you directly, like, how would somebody, in your opinion, do better to pay attention of what's going on in their body and then try to maybe relate that to something that is going on in their life so they can mm-hmm. fix it. Does that make sense? Well, not fix it, but so they, yeah. they can make improvement. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And, and um, you know, I, I have to say that, first of all, the obligatory, we're not doctors, right? No. You know, so, yeah. or psychiatrists or psychologists, or whatever, right? You know, so, all and right. And also, I, this is free information. So, <laughs> yeah, right. You, you get what you pay <laughs> you get for. Get what right? you pay for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, bro. Oh, man. I love how you finished my punchline. That's when I know we hang out too much. You, That's right. Yeah. Too much time around each other, right? Or um, clones of each other in a lot of ways. So, um, so, what I would say to answer your question is, is um, again, to rephrase it is how, how would someone go about even noticing that, you know, something's wrong or something is off kilter. And so um, I, I think there's a couple of things, you know, and this, I struggle here because it's like, okay, how do you, it's like, we, we want to talk about something but not be overly prescriptive. Right. You know? And so, um, that being said, uh, first of all, I think just information and knowledge, I think there is an element of, you know, just being well-educated on, um, what does it look like when you are, um, what, what are the constituents of trauma and traumatization? I, I think uh, there's an element there of just being educated. And then se- secondly, just the symptomology of, of trauma as well. So I think, so knowledge, I think is kind of number one, right. Of, of understanding what that looks like. The, the second thing is um, I'll say, I'll put it under the umbrella of self-awareness, you know, so you, you really can't, well, it's difficult to go on, to go through a journey of self-healing or the healing journey without an element of self-awareness. So I would say that that's a huge part of it, of, of, of going through um, understanding um, trauma. And um, if you're, uh, I would say a um, recipient in, in a sense of, of trauma, right? So, um, so that's the second thing. The third thing is, is, is surrounding yourself with, with folks that are self-aware, you know, as well, or, or that you look up to in terms of self-awareness or self-actualization or even enlightenment, if you want to go that far, right? Because if you surround yourself with the right people, they will be able to speak wisdom and into your life and say, Hey, you know, it seems like there, there might be something that's, that's a little off, you know, that you might want to look into, you know? And the last thing I would say is just the actual physiology of, of trauma. I would say like stress hormones, for example. Um, so you can measure that through like cortisol and, and, and other, uh, things as well. If, if you're not sleeping well, you know, and that, that's one of like the primary things. If you, if, if you have been traumatized, you're going to, you're very likely going to have, um, uh, issues with sleeping. And then if you can't sleep, pretty much everything goes off the rails and, and this appetite, yeah, appetite. Yeah. Um, your energy levels, um, 
your sex drive, um, your creativity levels, your level of engagement, um, your level of uh, pleasure, self-control, trust. I mean, I mean, the list is so long, you know, (laughs) if you can't sleep, you know, Um, one of the things and and your, your reaction to even mild stimuli as well. Right. So, so a person who is highly traumatized may overreact. I I mean, hypervigilance is another word. I really struggle with that word. Um, so, and and overanalyze, right. And Mm overanalyzing things. Right. So, so the classic, um, you know, the classic, um, overanalyze and you get end up, you end up being paralyzed, um, because you, you know, you want to keep analyzing, analyzing, so you can't take action kind of thing. Right. Well, so, my, okay. So my, my overanalyzing things makes sense. Yours doesn't. Right. That's even like the second part of that. Right. <laughs> that's really interesting. That's like the next, next level, you know? So, so when I'm talking about the physiology is just actually getting, say, for example, your, your labs taken, you know, like are, are your home hormones, right? Again, the cortisol, um, so many other markers that can, that can show that things are right or wrong, you know, and that can help to isolate what the actual issues are. Well, um, and, so, and, and, um, I'll give you some credit and take a little myself. Like we're not just saying that, you know, like, Oh yeah, go get your, go get your labs done. Like we both actually do that. You know, we both actually go, you go more, I go maybe once a year, you go every six months yeah. and just have all that stuff tested, have your thyroid, your liver function, your, uh, you know, blood yeah. pressure, cholesterol, have all these things tested because what's happening in your body could be some form of inflammation. That's not to get too woo woo or like, you know, that it's like, you know, but I guess I just want to give you some credit for saying that and not like, you're just saying, Oh, do as I say, not as I do, because Mm -hmm. you and I both do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every six to nine months, you know, go through just what I just talked about. So a lot lot of different ways, you know, so, um, it really does start with self. And then the, the, there's the, the obvious paradox of, well, how do you become you know, self-aware if you're not already self-aware, you know, or aware mm-hmm. of the importance of self-awareness, you know? And so well, I think, I think you answered that though, Dave, because yeah. um, if, if you'll allow me to challenge you a bit, uh, you know, and I even wrote it down. No, as you, you cannot challenge me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just, just hang up right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, it's more of a compliment, not a challenge. So you know, you, I asked you and you said the first thing was self-awareness, right? Or no, the first thing you said was knowledge, right? So, you know, doing the research, maybe like, you know, what, what are the things that actually, you know, maybe start by reading body keeps the score, right? And then maybe look at some other, uh, you know, resources out there. I mean, we live in an age where we all have computers in our pockets. I just got the i12, iPhone 12 pro. You're welcome. I know that makes you so happy. Um, I had to call I it out, bro. I <laughs> like, what's this doohickey thing? The I twelve. Uh, come on, man. You know, time, everyone's been saying I thing. something or other. The <laughs> I twelve, five, five, six, Santa, whatever. David, you know, it is Tuesday, the day after yeah. the I twelve came out. <laughs> yeah, the I twelve has come out on this Tuesday. Inside All jokes. Right. Insider right. jokes. So, right. Yeah. So anyway, so you know, you first said knowledge, right? And so knowledge, you know, the point is that there's a lot of resources out there, right? And then the second thing you said was self-awareness. Uh, and I, I, right after you said that, I wrote down tribe. I wrote down people, accountability, partner, and tribe, right? So, and then you said that, right? Uh, you know, so it's almost like we're finishing each other's sentences. I just didn't want to interrupt you for the 400th time on this episode, but you know, that tribe is what helps you gain the self-awareness because if you trust someone well enough to say, Hey man, I noticed you're losing some weight or Hey man, like I noticed like, you know, your, your hair's getting thin. Is everything okay? Are you like pulling your hair out or is it like, you know, you're just low on testosterone? (laughs) Yeah. You you know, you just need to get that checked out. Right. Uh, So, you know, I mean, the hair is a good, funny joke, but the point is the tribe is where you gain the self-awareness in my opinion, because that's if you have somebody that you trust that's a good mirror for you you're going to have no choice but to if you trust them you're going to have no choice but to at least pay attention to what they're telling you could be manifesting in your body that could be something else that you know is causing a physical problem but really it's an emotional spiritual you know connection thing that's happening that we can't even do justice in this 30, 45 minutes or however long, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, I can't, we, you know, the hard thing is Dave, 
and, and I'll probably drop the mic on this. The hard thing is you can't, because we're like finite creatures, because we're human beings, right? We're not, I mean, we, we are, we actually have this, uh, like you said, you know, meat suit, I think last episode, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, we, because we are so finite in our stream of consciousness, most hours of the day, it doesn't even do it justice to try to explain exactly why it happens. What really would do more justice is to just notice that it does happen so that you can try to pinpoint where you can pivot to make corrections to maybe just better or lessen the symptoms of how your body is manifesting things in your life that are problematic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I think um, this is maybe my final point and um, I don't have perfect answers to this quandary of um, if you are experiencing um, symptoms of, of trauma, um, how do you go about the, the healing process? I mean, there, obviously it's very individuated. And so uh, for some folks, it's you go talk to a doctor or a psychiatrist. For some folks, it's you just find better friends. You know, for some folks, it's you go and get lab tests. For some folks, it's you just improve your sleep hygiene so you're more robust and more durable. All you of know, the so above. All yeah, or all, all the above, right? Yeah. I mean, I I am the all of the above person. I've 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 spent the last fifteen plus years, if not more, of exploring all these different modalities of overcoming, um, you know, really trying experiences. So um, there's no one size fits all path, you know, for um, processing and um, undergoing healing you know, uh, in the end, uh, my own, the only prescription I can give, no pun intended is, is to have the courage to experiment, you know, and you have to trust the process. Also, you have to trust the process and, and no one likes to hear that. I get that, you know, because we've heard it so many times and it's a platitude. I get that. Um, in the end, uh, it is a process of self-trust, you know, slowing down enough to tune in to what your body, mind, spirit is trying to communicate to you, you know, your sense of you and tuning into those signals. And what I can say is that there, there, there is a very, there's a razor's edge thing that happens when you get these signals from your mind, body, spirit space there's a razor's edge where you, you feel like you receive a signal and you're like, is that like a real signal or is that just sort of a thing from someone else or something else, you know? Mm. And, and my call to action from anyone that's tuning in and hanging with us thus far, however long we've been recording 45 minutes or so is if when in doubt, the signal that you are putting a question mark on that is your higher self. That is your truest self. That is your authentic, genuine self mm. saying, Hey, listen to me. I am here to serve you. I know you're not sure, but I want you to listen. I want you to trust yourself. Follow that signal. Mm. And that is what I hope for anyone tuning in or anyone that's going through yeah, a similar that's- process. That's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. You know, I, I'll say it slowly and it'll be the last thing I say. And it's three words, you know, oh, four words. Sorry. Um, well, you need help counting. Yeah. Well, no, cause if I use acronym, it would, or a conjunction, it would be three words. So, but anyway, you are worth it. You know, you are worth it. You're worth it. You know, I think a lot of us get into this rugged individualism or we get into this, you know, we got to help everybody else or we got to, you know, we don't have time, right? We don't have time to, um, to, to tune in and we can't make time for ourselves because we have kids or because we have a, a husband or because we have the honeydew obligations, debt, yes. you know, yes. mortgage payments. All of that is crap. You're worth it. We want the best version of you. And so everything that you just said uh, is 1000% correct. And the way you start that, you know, the self-trust and, you know, following and trusting the journey and trusting the, 
the path is understanding that you're worth it. You're worth the work. So whether that's going to, um, you know, Al-Anon, you know, if you're a, a drug addict, if you're coping and some crazy weird, like you are worth the work that it takes to tune into your body to ensure that, you know, whether it's on the micro or macro level that you are thriving as a human being to help species <laughs> evolve and, and, you know, and just help your community as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're worth it. Any last words, dude? I, I think, I think we did a good job. You feel good. I feel good. So my body feels good. And so nice. it's keeping this core, right? So I, my, my final words is, is, is to trust. I mean, here's the thing when it comes to mind, body, spirit, and, and it's a convenient framework or algorithm, you know, to describe the human experience. Yeah. And, and I think we're, we're all familiar with the physical body. And so, you know, we can see stuff, right. We can see, you know, our hair is getting gray or getting more wrinkles. Um, we can, you know, we're limping around what have you. Right. So, so the body is the very, is the entry point into understanding what's going on to the inner space and the inner realm. So, so my final words are to just trust what your body is telling you the things that you're feeling, you're feeling for a reason. Mm. Don't discount those signals that your body is trying to tell you. There is something, there is a, I guess, rabbit hole to go down into that's worth it. And you have to have the courage, you know, however you find it, you know, Mm. to follow those body signals into the rabbit hole, because there would be no Alice in Wonderland if she didn't go into the rabbit hole. So it's worth it and trust, trust yourself and trust your body. Absolutely, man. Uh, I think that's a good place to land. Um, you know, typical housekeeping show notes here, you know, just, uh, if you get anything out of this, let us know if you have any, uh, ideas for us, let us know way we ways we can improve the project. Let us know. Uh, I think we're both going to toss this up on our podcast. Yes. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, this is journey to higher consciousness. You're, if you're listening on the, uh, podcast format, uh, you can also do a video format on YouTube if you prefer that. So it's journey to higher consciousness on YouTube. Uh, if you're tuning into Dave's podcast, uh, mine is the evolution podcast. You can find it everywhere. Uh, it's a picture of me and I'm a handsome devil and then a not so handsome devil uh, picture of Dave on his uh, soft, but stronger podcast. Go ahead. Go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> I'm just waiting. <laughs> You're licking your lips, bro. You, you know, man, <laughs> when, 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 when you know you look good, you don't have, anything you don't have to, to say, say it. Yeah, you don't have to say right. anything. Good, good, <laughs> good, good job. When, when you try, when you, when you're like, I don't know if I look good, you say what you just said. <laughs> uh, it's my insecurities, it's my body uh, yeah, keeping the score. Yeah, you know? That's right. Yeah. I'm not happy with my body. So I have that's to say right. it. Uh, <laughs> no, so seriously. Uh, so Drew Jitsu on Instagram soft but stronger i would recommend um way better than okay was that the last one you did that was really good yeah well they're they're all good but that that is that is one yeah um i I talk about what gives or 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 sort of saps energy and the importance of that um and then also uh john davis um is coming out number 50 and um that is probably i think one of my um I don't want to say premiere, but one of my most, I think, fascinating they're, conversations. Yeah, they're all, come they're out all in the next our couple babies. Of days. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe check out those two uh, if you're just jumping in. And then, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't need to plug money anymore. That's that's kind of all I got. So, Dave, I love you, brother. Thank you for, uh, you know, always uh, contributing with everything you have, man. I appreciate you. Love you, my dude. Yeah. I'm out. Peace.